One year and one week ago, September the 16th, 2019, we started talking about preparing ourselves to carry the glory of God. The, the title Tommy put on that teaching was Repentance Means More to God Than Sin. Y'all remember that? Repentance means more to God than sin. And we began to talk about this process of preparing ourselves to carry the glory of God. And what was required for, for the glory of God, it was always God's intent that His people would carry His glory. He, Jesus was very uh, specific about this in His prayer in John where He talked about, Father, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm returning to You and I want that glory that I had with You before the beginning of time. And this glory that I've had here on the earth, I'm going to leave with those who've been with me and not only those, but those who come to you based on their testimony. So, so the glory that the Lord Jesus Christ carried while he was in the earth has been left for us. And it was intended to inhabit us. But there's one major problem. <clears throat> the glory of God cannot coexist with the love of the world. Same John that was recording Jesus' prayer says... Uh, love not the world, nor the things of the world, for if the love of the world is in you, the love of God is not. So it's impossible for the glory of God to cohabitate with the love of the world. And so we began last year talking about preparing ourselves for uh, carrying the glory of God, and we began with repentance, that there was... A necess there was the necessity for the people of God to repent for having made agreements with the world. And I think purely out of ignorance, out of being naive, uh, we have made allegiance with things in the world that prevent God's glory from totally inhabiting us or totally being seen in us. And understanding, remember what we're, we're anticipating is a day in the last days when the mountain of the Lord will rise and the world will say, come let us go up to the mountain of the Lord and perhaps they'll teach us their ways. But what we've been talking about for this year is how to prepare ourselves, what will um, distinguish us from the world that will cause people to see the image of God and hunger for that to come to it. And we even talked about how much of what we're going through, much of the times we're going through with the, with the pandemic, with the economic stress, with the things that are going on, is God trying to bring not only His people, but the world to His understanding. Now, understand this, the world has never been the problem. It's always been God's people. God's frustration with Israel, God's frustration with the tribes of, of Judah and Israel, uh, God's frustration, well, you know, we know from Second uh, Chronicles, he said that if, if my people, those who are called by my name, 
would uh, humble themselves, would pray, would repent, turn from their wicked ways, I would, I'll heal their nation. This was God's declaration. It was always about His people. It, right now, some of us are reading through the minor prophets, and it's all about the same thing. <laughs> Israel, the people of God, having made agreements with foreign kings and worshiping foreign gods, creating for themselves foreign idols, causing God's wrath to come out against them, to draw them back into repentance, to come back to, to God, and to worship God as the one living God. Now, I will, I will say to you just as simply as this to understand how you make these false allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. When we do that, we have turned our adoration to something other than God. Not necessarily something bad. Not necessarily something evil. Um, some of the, some of the uh, people of Israel began giving their adoration to soothsayers, to mediums, to witchcraft, to different things like that. Clearly evil things. Uh, some of them began... You know, the, the worship of Baal, the worship of Molech. They began sacrificing their own kids. Uh, what are we doing right now? What's the key, <laughs> key uh, controversy concerning this new Supreme <coughs> Court justice? They're afraid they'll take away our right to kill our own children. That's the big fear is that Roe v. Wade would be overturned and we would no longer have the right to kill our own children. Is that worship at the temple of Molech? Is that what we're doing? I mean, clearly it is. Now, I'm going to tell you, <clears throat> based on my personal conversation with God, is he has no desire for a law that would prevent us from killing our own kids. He wants us to not kill our kids because we love him and his nature's in us. Give us all the freedom you want to give us and see how we act, and that will know whether or not we love God. It, we, our character should be formed by the character of God so that no matter what freedoms we have, we don't act on them. But my, my point is simply this. We have, we have spent this last year, <clears throat> and I'd encourage you to go back and look at some of these teachings we've had, we spent this last year talking about how do we prepare ourselves to carry the glory of God. One of the requirements was that we act like they did in the days of Hezekiah. When, when the nation returned to Jerusalem and Hezekiah had the, uh, had, uh, the priest, the chief priest, go in and carry out the filth and decay that was in the temple and bring it to the temple courtyard. And then the Levites took it down into the, to the valley to be destroyed. That's what's happening today. We are, individually and collectively, are the temple of the living God. His glory desires to reside in us 
and among us as collectively as the body of Christ so that it could radiate into the world. What God is calling for and asking for in this day is that we carry out all this filth and decay. All these compromises over, and, and many of them <clears throat> over the last 1800 years, let's say, from the time uh, Constantine brought in the deception that was brought on by the Catholic Church of, of institutional religion and the compromise with pagan worship, we've just increased it over the years. And we've, we've added you know, uh, numerous, numerous things from uh, what, what we call the Easter celebration now to the, 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 the way we celebrate Christmas to numerous other things, things that we've brought into the church that have nothing to do with God or with Christ, but have everything to do with the ways of the world. And we've made allegiances with these things. And we've done it with nations. Uh, the, the truth being this, you are a, of a kingdom that is not of this world. The Lord Jesus Christ is the king of a kingdom that is not of this world. That's where your citizenship is. Now, you happen to live in America, but your citizenship is in the kingdom of God. And they, the, the uh, governance of that kingdom is different than this nation. Now, we've all bought into that <clears throat> this nation is loved by God. <laughs> but this is a lie. I mean... We were not founded on godly principles. We were founded where the sovereignty resides in the people, not God. So it's a lie. I mean, we've been at odds with God since the day we started. We've rewritten history, starting in about uh, 49, of trying to make this a godly nation by adding the words one nation under God uh, to our Pledge of Allegiance and, and putting in God we trust on our money, we think that makes us a godly nation. What will make us a godly nation is when we reflect the image of God. We reflect uh, His desires, His will, when we seek out His will. I will tell you, I mean, even, even in this current day where we have this Supreme Court nominee going on, the people, the the political people of God, if I can say it that way, the people of God who are active in politics are expecting the Supreme Court to interpret Scripture. The Supreme Court doesn't interpret Scripture. The Supreme Court interprets the Constitution, which is at odds with Scripture. The Constitution guarantees things that God doesn't. God says He's sovereign. If He's sovereign, I don't have individual rights. The Constitution says I that I do. And so we are of a nation that dwells within a nation that we live here, but much of what governs us is in contradiction to what governs these people here. Now, lots of times that doesn't create a problem. It's just that it's different. Rather than living out my own individual rights, which I have the privilege to do, I'm, I'm going to choose to submit to the sovereignty of God and do what He says rather than the freedom that I have. This is where I'm talking about I have all the freedom I want, but my character should still reflect the will of my Father in heaven, not my own will. My own will would be governed 
by my soulish nature, where the will that I hope I walk out is governed by my spiritual nature, which is in total agreement with the things that, that God is doing. So my, my question to you, my thought today is this. We've been talking about this for a year, about preparing this vessel and this vessel, both individually and collectively as the body of Christ, preparing this vessel to carry the glory of God. And in doing so, <clears throat> we needed to rid ourselves of the decay and of the filth. So my question is, looking at us individually, looking at us uh, as the body of Christ, looking at us, the people of God in the earth today, how do you think we're doing carrying out the trash? How are we doing? Are we making progress? Have we gotten rid of any of the trash? Have we gotten rid of any of the filth and decay? Anybody want to testify? Are you less angry? Are you less envious? Less jealous? Less rageful? Less, uh, less attracted to the things of the world? Have you laid down any of your gods, your false gods, your pagan gods? Have you? Tommy says he's less attached to stuff and some of the things he thought that were necessary to be comfortable as family. Inside joke, Shauna says we got rid of a pool table. We got rid of yeah, Adam's idolatry of a truck and shirts was was attacked. Mm. That's an important one in the fact of letting your identity be defined by somebody's opinion. That can get a performance demon going in a hurry. That's good. That's good. Well, we got rid of social media and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. But I think we're all more aware of those little things that we at one time thought, well, they're just nothing. But they yeah. are. Like a friend or person or house. You know, and <clears throat> all those little things add up eventually to become really uh, a big, big thing in your life. Yeah. Well, Saul brought it up, I think, last week the soul tie. When you was asking me, was you asking me about soul tie? Now, there is a soul tie. I did this thing, it's like, uh, <clears throat> my, mine would, I would say my bareback rigging. I kept that thing long past my days that it would have been useful to me, thinking I would teach my son how to do this. And I'm thinking by the time he was old enough to do it, I was way beyond it. So I finally gave it away, but there was a, that marked a time in my life and an identity in my life that I wanted to hang on to. That one, a set of drums, did the same thing. And I knew I'd never play them again, but I hang, hung on to them for two or three or four years for that purpose and finally gave them away. But that, 
but that is that is building our identity off of something that fed our soul at that time in our life. Now that's a true soul tie. We we t typically think about soul ties being between people, but the soul tie is really between you and the enemy. And it's how he how the enemy gets you to validate yourself based on these events, based on something that happened. And it can either be true or false. It can be uh, it can be a negative connotation that somebody declares over over a young kid running down the pews of the church, over the back of the pews of the church, a declaration that somebody makes about him, and it sticks with him all his life. Yeah, it can be that type of event and soul tie that the enemy will use to hang on to you. But but uh, and it's good that I mean Tommy and. Mickey are in a unique place where they sold their house and are going to go on the road for a while, so they got rid of everything. There's nothing that holds them now other than a fifth-wheel trailer and a truck, I guess. Uh, but they changed everything uh, about their lives. My call to you at this point is this. There's no time like the present to do our self-examination and rid ourselves before the living God of everything about this world that might hold us. Knowing full well that the love of the world, if we have a thing called the love of the world or the things of the world, that the love of God cannot cohabitate in us. So I'm saying not to us, but to the people of God, to us individually, but also to the people of God. Now is a time of repentance. Now is a time to come and remove from us things that we have, as believers, condoned in the past. But we need to weigh it against, is this a part of the original intent of God for His people? Or is this some accommodation and compromise we've made to go along with the world for the purpose of success, maintaining relationships, whatever it might be that would cause us to compromise in such that way. We're in a season, this is a season of God, where it's time for us to say, you know God, you're right, I'm wrong. I need to let this thing go and release it. Whether it's a truck, a shirt, uh, suits, <laughs> a truck in my closet, <laughs> uh, whatever it is, we need to be willing to let it go so that there's nothing standing between me and God and my adoration of Him. Okay? Yes, sir, Saul. Well, let me say this, and, and your comment last week prompted this discussion we're having today. The material things, the pool tables, the trucks, the shirts, the suits, uh, those are the easy things to get rid of. The soul ties and what you're talking about are the hard things. Last week you talked about having to get rid of unforgiveness. That's one of the biggest ones. 
Father, forgive me to the same degree that I'm willing to forgive others. And your testimony was, that was hard for you. That coming to a place of being able to forgive certain people was very hard. Well, forgiveness can only exist where unforgiveness has departed. One of two things is going to reside there, either unforgiveness or forgiveness. And I know, and we talked about it last week, the testimony is that it began with you forgiving yourself, and then you were able to forgive others. And I said that that apart from forgiving ourselves, there's no way we can accept the forgiveness of God. And it has to begin. Father, forgive me to the same degree I shall forgive others. Well, the first other is myself. I have to forgive myself. But yes, you're right. Those are the harder, those are the hard issues. This other thing is just stuff. And that's, that's where God uses it, materialism and stuff like that to teach us. But the place we have to get to are those things you're talking about. Jealousy, envy, uh, anger, rage, uh, unforgiveness, uh, vows of unforgiveness, vows of revenge, vows of whatever it is. You know, those are the harder things that we have to deal with. But today is the day. Now is the time. We're in a place where it's time to deal with those things. Well, and there's two things. There's one you letting go, but there's also, we're, we're at the time, and we, we talked about this in the past year, that you can ask God to take it. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The deliverance from evil is for God to remove that from you. And so if, you, if you've struggled letting go of it, and you can't get rid of it in that manner, ask God to have the Holy Spirit take it from you to remove it from you. It's part of, it's kind of, that, I mean, that's part of what Sam Solon's teaching in his blockage removal is we, we take, we will allow a lie that has been told to us by Satan to create a foundation in us that makes us take hold of things. We take that lie out and put the truth in. In some of the struggle of getting rid of the lie, we have to ask God to remove it, to help us remove it, to get rid of it fully. But, but you were created in God's image. You were created in his likeness. His likeness is his character. That's, that is the truth about who you are. Getting back to that place, un- taking out all the filth and decay so that you can find that foundation is what we're, we're talking about doing here. And now is the time to do it. Regardless of whether it's these heartfelt things that Saul is presenting, the soul ties that... Uh, Tommy's presenting are the superficial material things that, that some of us mentioned. They all have to go. They all absolutely have to go. Jesus Christ was the first among many. You are the many who should be carrying his image and likeness.